Welcome to His Hands, His Feet podcast. I'm your host, Kenneth Camp. The purpose of this podcast is to encourage and equip you to live a life on mission. And in today's episode, you get to hear from my good friend, Matt Peacock, who is the executive director of Partners in Hope Lake Travis. Matt and I have known each other for several years, and in fact, I served on the board for Partners in Hope for a few years, and so I know this ministry well, and uh, I'm excited to let you get to know not only Matt, but also what they've been doing in the Lake Travis community for the past um, six, seven, maybe eight years now. And I do hope that this will encourage you to, if you live in the in the community or live in the area, to volunteer some of your time with Partners in Hope Lake Travis. And if you don't, I really do believe that you will uh, take away some ways that you can impact the community that you live in. And that's another way that you can live life on mission, is to notice what's going on in your community, those who are in need, and then know how to respond to those needs. And that's exactly uh, the the root or the core of Partners in Hope Lake Travis's uh, mission, is that they connect those who, who are in need emotionally, financially, and other ways spiritually to those who are willing and are able to help meet those needs. And so as we uh, dive into this interview with Matt, enjoy the story, the history behind Partners in Hope, uh, some of the stories of the families that they have served and also volunteers that have worked with them, and take mental notes of how you can do the same. And then if you do want to support uh, Partners in Hope like Travis in some way, uh, stay tuned to the end of the uh, broadcast and I will give you how you can do that. Here's the interview with Matt Peacock, Executive Director of Partners in Hope Lake Travis. Well, Matt, it's uh, good to join you here today and uh, I'm excited about talking about Partners in Hope. Of course, we have some uh, good history together with that in the beginning years, but um, we're just going to jump into, you know, the first thing I think I wrote down was just a little bit of the history, how things began and and why you started Partners in Hope. But if you want to start off by just saying hi and to everybody that's listening, go ahead. Yeah, Kenny, I really appreciate um, the opportunity just to share the story. And um, I know I'm not sharing it with you because you've been part of it, and uh, especially from the beginning. So, um, But I, I'm glad to help tell it and, and reshare it with others um, you with you today. And uh, hopefully can... Uh, Get, do it justice. Oh yeah, no doubt. So uh, why don't you jump in? How did how did things begin, or why did you get things started? Well, we started a uh, a church plant out in the Lake Travis community in 2008, and our kind of our whole uh, deal was that we wanted to connect to people in the community, mm-hmm. and uh, our heart wasn't to see how many people we could kind of get to show up on a Sunday morning, right. and uh, which isn't necessarily the greatest strategy to plant a church, but it was <laughs> our heart uh, in going out there and in, in, uh, in trying to minister in the community. Right. And so through that, um, we just kind of began what are all, you know, exploring lots of different ways that we could just reach out to people and mm-hmm. connect to people and get out um, uh, in the community and, and represent Christ and be light and, mm-hmm. and serve. That was really our, our heart in it. And uh, 
so we were doing many different things and at the uh, at the end of our or kind of going into our, our second year second half of the second year mm-hmm. um, we came to the summertime and I realized that you know all the kids would be out of school and right. and uh, the teenagers would be looking for something to do whether they realized it or not right and, uh, um, so I, I thought well once a week we will find somebody in the community and just go to their house and do something we'll clean mm-hmm. up or do yard work or wash their car whatever it took you know sure. and uh and we ended up uh calling that snow days which that's right kind of yeah, i remember that a crazy thing that, what did that stand for uh serve neighbors um Serving neighbors, I don't even remember I don't either. what it's the, <laughs> Something about serving neighbors on Wednesdays. Oh, that's right. That's it was on Wednesdays. Yeah. <laughs> it meant so little that that's why I couldn't remember. It didn't really have much meaning other than on Wednesday, every Wednesday we were going to go out right. and serve somebody in the community. Yep. And uh, so we called it Snow Days. Mm-hmm. And amazingly, uh, the people of the church and the young people and um, they really gravitated to it, mm-hmm. and we began to find some families in the community that uh, we didn't know otherwise. We got referrals from, I went to like the schools mm-hmm. and asked their counselors and stuff if they knew of some families that needed help, and uh, and they began to connect us to some families in the community, and um and it, it really opened up our eyes to a need mm-hmm. in the community that um, wasn't always obvious right. to just the normal paths that maybe we would drive or, or sure. take in the course of life. That makes me think, um, for those that don't know that Lake Travis community, what it's like, um, give a, just a real brief demographic kind of feel of what the community is like. Yeah, well, the Lake, South Lake Travis area is a wide geography. It's, it's one school district that covers, you know, probably 40, 50 square miles. So it's large geography mm-hmm. um, that 30 years ago was real sparsely populated and just had a lot of kind of lake bungalows mm-hmm. built out there. Um, and then one retirement community that built up out there right uh so you know 30 40 years ago the the average age in the community uh was probably 60 plus right and uh and then in the last 20 years it's been an area that has reflected the massive growth in austin mm-hmm. and huge uh construction of homes and uh neighborhoods and all the retail that goes along with that uh, to where today I think the median age is in the 30s hmm. uh, because now it's uh, families with kids mm-hmm. and uh, the, the, the population of the schools has doubled twice wow. uh, since that time hmm. um, and it's supposed to double again in the next 10 years. So it's on this massive growth, and the uh, 
the proximity to the lake mm -hmm. and the design of the homes and everything uh, be became a very affluent community. Right. Um, but still had these these homes that have been out there for 30, 40, 50 years right. that were built at a much different time for a much different purpose mm -hmm. uh, with families living in them, uh, as well as other areas where uh, people that just wanted to get into the school district, mm -hmm. um, as well as it still being somewhat outside of Austin and some rural mm -hmm. element and people wanting to get a you know, a, a large lot or, a, or some place that um, where a trailer was right. allowed to be put. Um, there's neighborhoods where that were predominantly full of trailers that are now transforming over hmm. into neighborhoods of million dollar homes. And, and you have this uh, weird scenario where they're, mm -hmm. you know, one street is one and the other street's the other kind of thing. Sure. So wide diversity, and but also, as you mentioned a while ago, that uh, the normal paths that the more fluent take, a lot of times they don't see the needs that are in the community. Is right. that what you notice? And yeah, the, the, the community definitely has grown up, and so many of the people are new to the area mm -hmm. um, that they're just used to seeing the the new neighborhoods. Right. Uh, the, the all the new development that is on the main mm -hmm. courses that they travel between home and school or home and work. Yeah. So as y'all um, began to know the community and you were doing these, as you call them, snow days as a, as a church, how did you transition or what was the, the process of transitioning from that into becoming a, a nonprofit ministry that's now called Partners in Hope that travels? Yeah, there's a few things that drove that. One was um, we quickly began to realize the scope of the need. And so we realized that it wasn't just a, uh, you know, a, a random family here or there. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, meeting some of those families showed us how many more there were out there. Mm -hmm. um, we also began to realize that... Uh, while there were other uh, ministries and churches doing things in the area, uh, no one was doing something on a regular basis that was going out to homes and connecting to people at their homes mm -hmm. uh, and serving families that way. Right. Um, so we saw it as a, uh, as a need that was out there that was kind of unmet as well as unrecognized. Um, and but was a real need, and so hmm. we kind of thought, okay, God, you're you're showing us a niche here, mm -hmm. um, and that was coupled with uh, the response of all the people that were involved, kept growing. Where people were hungry for a kind of hands-on sure. type ministry. Yeah, you know, they wanted to do something. They're used to going to other areas, maybe of the city or, or mm -hmm. in the world to do kind of hands-on things, but they never envisioned uh, kind of a hands-on ministry right there in their backyard. Yeah. And so that began to really uh, resonate with a lot of people. That's really good. And so through that, 
you did make, and again, as you referred to earlier, I was a part of, of those early years. And so I know this, but as for our listeners to, to grasp kind of the process, you, you decided that, you know what, we need to spin this off from being a ministry of the church and, mm-hmm. and start a nonprofit. And so we did that over the course of a year or two, right? Yeah. I mean, with the, the scope of the need showed us that this wasn't something that any one church right. needed to try to own, um, especially a small fledgling church, kind of sure. like we were, you know, sure. and, uh, so, uh, mm-hmm. and our heart really was for us to be a, a kingdom ministry, a mm-hmm. kingdom ministry that was in the community that wasn't about a church, but really involved, right. you know, that would cross the, the lines and involve every church in the community, hopefully. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, being in ministry for a long time, I, I know the, the challenges of, Getting churches to work together, mm-hmm. uh, not out of, not always out of competition or uh, in ways that are, you know, un uh, unchristian or something. Sure. But just the the nature of, hey, we we do our thing and you do yours, right. and, and that's just kind of how it goes. You you know? Trying yeah. to find that collaboration or. or agreeing on the same focus, you know, can be a challenge at times. Yes. Yeah. So you, that, is that one of the reasons why you decided to call the ministry partners in hope? It really is. We knew that it wasn't a, uh, um, creating a ministry that, um, was going to solve all the answers and have all the, the resources mm-hmm. in house. Um, it was about, um, connecting with other people mm-hmm. and partnering. You know, I, I always would say the partnership was at, on both sides. It was mm-hmm. partnering with the family that we were trying to help right. and seeing them, them seeing that it was a partnership, right. not just kind of like a handout or, or uh, something, but we were trying to partner with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then partnering with others to make that happen. Um, so that was the the heartbeat behind uh, the name. Um, and then hope. Uh, good. Hope is what we've seen the common denominator in the people that we've served is, mm-hmm. um, you know, any anybody can deal with one issue at a time. Right. Um, but when you don't have a lot of resource and you're isolated uh, without a big support network uh, and you get one issue and then another issue comes on top of that, another issue on top of that, uh, where that ends up is hopelessness. Mm-hmm. And um, they don't see a way out. And so if you can bring hope to a scenario, um, you don't have to have all the answers. but Hope drives people to go forward and, and to have that that hope to move sure. on. You know. Now, I want to have give ourselves a little bit of time to share a story or two about that. Because I know you've got story after story after story. Um, before we get into one of those or two, um, 
you also partner with other than just churches, right? What are some other entities or? Yeah, there's a there's a couple of ministries in the area that are, have been long established, great ministries. One's Lake Travis Crisis Ministries, another one called Helping Hands. Uh, that's just in out in Spicewood, a little different geography. Um, but they serve to uh, provide food, to provide resources uh, for families on a weekly basis. That they, the families will come to those mm-hmm. those days of the week that they're open, and they'll be able to receive food or uh, get help with utility bills or um, help with just finding some other resource or service. Um, so we've been able to partner with them in a great way because they get to know families right. and they know what we do. And so uh, they act as a great kind of vetting Absolutely. agency for us sure. to say, hey, this would be a good candidate mm-hmm. uh, for you. Or, hey, we know this is just like a, a really need right now that if you guys could help with it would just it would be great timing kind of thing um so we've worked with them uh we work with just about every church in the community Mm -hmm. uh in different ways i you know i served in churches many years and so i i understand that every church has their own dynamics Mm -hmm. and uh so we've i've been able to approach the churches and say we'll work with you the way that it works to work with you. Yeah. Right. And that's smart. <laughs> some of them are, are very organized and sure. And structured and, and others are, uh, you know, don't have a lot of, they just kind of are do what they're able to do. Right. Um, others have a real passions in certain areas. Mm-hmm. Others are focused other ways. Um, so it allows me to just kind of present a way that, based on what's going on in their church, right. that they can participate and be involved. And that's worked well. That's good. And then some businesses in the area, I think you've, you've partnered with. Yeah, the neat thing is uh, businesses, we had some just organic scenarios where mm-hmm. uh, businesses came through uh, relationships. Right. And uh, whether that was... a you know, getting to know somebody who owned a construction company or, um, you know, building relationship with the local operator of Chick-fil-A or, right. uh, or of a printing company or, or whatever it was, mm-hmm. um, a financial management person, um, those relationships, we were able to just incorporate <laughs> something of their business into where they could participate. Sure. Um, what that's led to is uh, now is a lot more intentionality to reach out to businesses and say, hey, we speak a, a common language. So many businesses today uh, are, uh, want to have a community engagement aspect. Right. They want to serve in the community. They want to do staff development and give their staff people chances to do things outside of maybe their normal mm-hmm. um, position that allows that and, and show other ways that they can uh, flourish and grow. So uh, we're able to allow those opportunities and partner with the business 
um, in a mutually beneficial way. But, um, and every time that that happens, it just uh, creates a greater um, sense of neighbor helping neighbor, I like to say, in our community. Mm -hmm. um, and so the, the whole community benefits. Absolutely, it does. Well, do you have a story of maybe a family or a person that you guys have, have uh, worked alongside to help them that you'd like to share? And then, and then also, I'd love to hear a story if you have one of um, either one of these business connections or a volunteer, you know, just how it's impacted them. Yeah. If you have a story there as well. Yeah. You know, I'll tell, I'll tell a story um, about Tiffany because it's one that has been going on for a while and it really incorporates several different aspects of what we've seen in the ministry. And so uh, Tiffany was a, a young lady that we referred to us uh, by Lake Travis Crisis Ministries. Um, she had, she was a single mom, been a single mom in the community for six years, lived, moved a trailer home into the community, um, because she wanted her kids to be in good schools. Mm -hmm. Um, but she was strapped, barely making it and was trying to put herself through nursing school while she worked, while she was raising these two kids. And... Uh, we found out about her a couple years ago and uh, got to meet her and um, she was, uh, you know, typically reluctant to mm -hmm. receive help, didn't really know how to receive that, certainly wasn't prepared for us to say, hey, we want to partner with you for a year or two, right. you know, we want a relationship, we don't want to just come and and do a few things and, and say good luck. Um, but she uh, in, trusted us, and we developed that relationship. And so we were able to come uh, to her trailer, which she was just not able to maintain. You know, so all those things, you mm -hmm. live in a home for six years, and all those extra costs of maintaining and, and upgrading and repairing... Right. Um, she just wasn't able to do those things. And so uh, it was just a, a trailer that was in some disrepair mm -hmm. uh, and because she simply couldn't have the resources to do that. Um, so we were able to involve different groups to come and uh, do floor repair, do bathroom repair, put in some new carpet, um, repair uh, some electrical issues, some plumbing issues, um, redo the whole front deck and kind mm -hmm. of make it safer and, and mm -hmm. uh, upgraded the appearance of it, um, did all kinds of yard work at the home uh, over a couple of different uh, work days at the house. Mm -hmm. And that just um, created great trust and relationship with us and Tiffany. Uh, it also connected many, many people uh, from the community to her, and uh, they were able to see the great, that people in the community actually cared enough to mm -hmm. do something for a person that they didn't even know. Right. Um, so that had great meaning for Tiffany. 
what what came out of that <coughs> and what we've seen so many times is uh, it's you know I, I I was in churches a long time and saw churches are very good at organizing an event pulling resources together sure. uh, rallying the troops showing up raising a big cloud of dust taking pictures right and going back and, and celebrating and then moving on right and uh, and yet huge opportunities of ministry and relationship open up when we do those things mm-hmm. so often we walk past those and don't enter into them um, but as we entered into the doorway of opportunity with Tiffany um, we were able to see ways that uh, we were able to connect her to a financial counselor mm-hmm. um, that she began to meet with and helped her for the first time to see that she because she was reaching a stage in her schooling nursing that she was actually going to be done and become mm. a uh, kind of a nurse in training, mm-hmm. and her income was going to begin to to grow. So, right. and uh, so she was able to capitalize on that at a key moment in her life. Mm. Um, we were able to help her to look for ways that she could reach out, and so there are widow ladies that we work with. Uh, that live in the blocks around her house hmm. that we were able to connect her to and she has uh, maintained a relationship with and goes and visits them and as a young nurse in training that's perfect uh, it's a perfect mutually beneficial scenario right for them um, uh, we were able to uh, see her heart uh, she shared with us early how her heart was to uh, reach out to the kids on her street and she liked to Mm -hmm. go down the street find those kids and bring them back to her yard and to play with her kids and she would do little activities with them Mm -hmm. and and she just really enjoyed doing that Mm -hmm. Uh, so we asked her how she would feel about doing a uh, like a vacation bible school at her home right and she was, um, she was a little bit intimidated, but she was also very excited about the idea. <laughs> so uh, we were able to recruit two other churches wow. um, to come. And this past summer, uh, those two churches helped Tiffany to hold a VBS in her front yard for three about days. That? That's fantastic. And uh, that was awesome. And uh, what we found out later was not only how cool that was with the kids how cool it was with the churches kind of getting out of their box and Mm -hmm. seeing that they could do something like this in a neighborhood and uh, the impact that that had Um, but we also found out that it was actually a season where Tiffany was really going through a a faith struggle Mm. and um, it it was a push for her to to go ahead and, and go through with it and do it, but it was very healing for her and her faith. Wow. So that's kind of the multi-level aspect of of what we get into on a regular basis. Is once this we, isn't a unique story, right? You got lots of stories that have facets like that. And yeah, I think this is a good time to share with the listeners 
what is the mission or vision of Partners in Hope? Because that's kind of what you've been describing. And I, I would imagine as people were first listening, they probably put Partners in Hope into a category that they're accustomed to seeing nonprofits and ministries operate in. And uh, But what you're describing really is a lot more than probably what they realize that you guys are. Yeah. Uh, our, our vision has evolved. You know, we began by just thinking of you know, these families that were out there that needed some help and let's just mm-hmm. get a few people and show up and do something. Right. You know, and... Uh, so that was it. Let's go do something. Let's go do something <laughs> and right. help somebody. You know, that's right. It's kind of the... Yep. Uh, that was where it started, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, we had a lot of flowery language around that, but that sure. was really kind of the the gist of it. Yeah. Um, but after several years, we began to see that our our ministry was not just about these families that we were coming alongside; it was also all these volunteers. We had over a thousand volunteers this year mm-hmm. that served with us, and so we saw that we had to own the responsibility. Uh, what do we do with all these volunteers? You know, do we are we just supplying a a, a community project that they can right. check off that they serve four hours, or mm-hmm. um, or do we really see um, a responsibility in the discipleship making process with these people that God was sending us to volunteer, mm-hmm. um, and how we could help equip them, help grow them, help stretch them, uh, be more intentional uh, with them. So that led to the revision of our, our, of our mission statement, which basically says that we connect people who need help with people who will help. I like it. And, uh, uh, and that we see both sides mm-hmm. of that, uh, that we're right. working with the, the needers, the mm-hmm. ones that need and the ones that will. Mm-hmm. And uh, and how we can uh, best grow each of those. Um, so we've made separate commitments to each side. On the on the need help side, we have a an application process that we ask them to enter into an agreement for at least twelve months mm-hmm. uh, as a relationship um, that they will uh, commit to be involved with our fellowships we have a monthly dinner we call eat pray love that we invite them to different Mm -hmm. churches host that each month um, where we just get together and eat together visit pray together love on each other um, share with each other develop relationships yeah it's good Um, we ask them to come to that Um, we ask them to set some goals and to see how we can walk alongside and support them in those goals Mm -hmm. Uh, and then we ask them to let us help them look for ways that they can serve and, and engage in the community. And we see that as a challenge to get creative and mm-hmm. not just have one way to do that or prescribed mm-hmm. ways to do that, but figure out what it is about them right. that will that we can really support and let them flourish in a way that they can yep. be a part of the community in a, in a powerful way. And what you just described with the story of your friend Tiffany fits that perfectly. Yeah, we saw that uh, it was difficult for us to measure success mm-hmm. kind of in an analytical way. Sure. And uh, so, but last year we kind of came to a, 
and a recognition that one thing that we could measure uh, was had, did we facilitate and help um, significant relationships in a person's life. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of have a goal now that in, uh, in 12 months have we helped a family that we're working with find three plus new mm -hmm. significant relationships. Yeah, I like that. Um, that allows them to begin to have that, their own network and support system and, mm -hmm. and uh, that, that, that resource in their life of support. Because yeah. um, isolation is such a common denominator of so many people mm -hmm. that we that we work with on both sides, and the volunteer as well very as true. the yeah uh, the need side. Yeah. Did you want to share uh, a quick story about a volunteer that's been a cool thing that you've seen happen? Um, sure. There's many volunteers uh, that have been involved. Um, You know, we, we really have seen some key volunteers come out of the families that we have served. I like that, yeah. You know, uh, Taylor and Heather mm -hmm. uh, is a family that we met about three years ago. Um, they had four kids. They had one on the way. They were living in a three-bedroom house. Uh, one of the kids was... Um, uh, had a severe disability and it was a real challenge um, for anyone. And Taylor was a is a plumber, um, uh, but was you know they were strapped mm -hmm. and uh, they needed some help to convert their garage into another bedroom. And so uh, we were able to get involved in that process and partner with some people and get some resources involved and, and, uh, and have a big work day at their home and, and connect with some other people in the construction industry and, and help them to, to convert that bedroom over, uh, before the baby was born. <laughs> uh, since that time, uh, Taylor as a plumber has probably worked on a dozen other homes for us. Mm -hmm. uh, providing plumbing help, mm -hmm. um, and 90% of the time at no cost. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's been a couple times that I just insisted that we, right. that we pay him, um, cause it just involved more of his time and so forth. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, he's continually available, uh, to us to help in that regard. And his wife has become a uh, key volunteer into reaching out to other ladies. Mm. Uh, we work with so many uh, single moms mm -hmm. and uh, and other ladies that having some uh, some key ladies that are willing to reach out um, is is really great. Uh, and she has been a very key in that mm -hmm. and very much an initiator. She'll. Uh, she'll learn of a need and she'll go mobilize other people and then let us know, well, I've got six right. people mobilized ready to help out on that situation. Do you want to come along or that's not? That's right. You know, so she, she doesn't uh, let us uh, get in her way sometimes. So, uh, so they've been great volunteers, um, but we've seen many others that have come and maybe 
for whatever reason, showed up on a work day, mm -hmm. but, you know, they volunteered other places or something, and they knew that they could come and, and uh, you know, paint or rake leaves or, or work on a deck or whatever. Um, and then they've connected with the family mm -hmm. uh, while they were there and got a heart for the relational aspect. Right. And were able to see them uh, return over and over and over again mm -hmm. uh, or uh, see them look for ways that they can reach out to that family uh, just on their own. Right. And, uh, and provide resource uh, for them uh, or just in relational just to, uh, just to be there with them. So. The word that keeps coming to my mind as you're describing all those relationships that get developed is just community. And you guys have been building community over the last several years mm -hmm. that goes beyond the typical socioeconomic, you know, level of wherever they're at. And it so often can keep us isolated. Mm -hmm. And it's just a cool thing to see what, what you guys have been doing and how that's busted right through those those barriers sometimes. Mm -hmm. and, and you see the community really coming closer. So that's really good, good stuff. Wanted to just move into if there's some things that are going on with Partners in Hope that you want to express ways that people can connect, whether they're in the Lake Travis community or if they're not. Uh, of course, on, on my website, and I'll give information later about how people can, can go to my website and get the show notes of this podcast and, and get more detailed information, be able to see in writing what your mission statement is, how to get to your website, um, I was going to get into another topic, but we'll, we'll maybe do that another time. But I'll give a little teaser. Matt and I have, have talked about writing a book here in the near, near future about the story and more depth of Partners in Hope and also how a little more behind the scenes, how the, the, the process has come together. And I think it is a template that other communities can use successfully or adapt it to their community. And so we want to get into that. At another time and so that's a little teaser for you guys that are listening but share with us how people um, can support you guys and, and are there some ways that you know that are tangible ways to help you well we always like to partner um, whether it's with an individual or whether it's a business or some kind of organization um, we like to partner at a multi-faceted level mm -hmm. and so um, we love for people to get involved uh, hands-on. Um, we like for people to uh, kind of show us this is the way that, you know, I really want to serve. Because mm -hmm. uh, we can just about guarantee that if there's a way you want to serve, we have a way to, to right. connect that. You bet. And to, yeah. uh, to utilize that. So uh, it's... It's, it's less about us having a specific role for you and more about if there's a way you want to uh, relationally uh, work with, with people, um, we, can, we can make that connection for you. Mm -hmm. um, and don't discount what you're able to do uh, because it's, it's all powerful when you do it um, right. in love and, and uh, care for others. Um, uh, and another part of that is just uh, support you know, mm -hmm. financially. 
and we're always looking for people that you know just want to show support whether that's at a kind of small monthly donation or, or uh, uh, we also need some key foundational partners right you know that will help support this ministry at a at a big level and and uh, we're we know we don't know where those persons are going to come from those entities right. uh, but somebody's out there you bet and uh, you know we would love to to visit with you and see if this is the uh, the place that you could um, help make a foundational mm-hmm. type support of this ministry so um, that's that's always a way as well um, and if you're a business or an organization that has certain services or resources mm-hmm. um, there's often ways that we can utilize uh, those as well in key as the needs arise mm-hmm. um, we're just the facilitator so uh, our we don't have a warehouse our warehouse is 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 in, out there and the people that right. that are involved yep. and uh, just utilizing their resources at the time that the needs arise. And I really appreciate you taking the time to share a little bit of the story. And, and again, um, I hope people will reach out and connect with you guys and also stay in touch and keep an eye out for other things that we'll be pushing out and hopefully a book in the near future about your story. Yeah, I appreciate it. Look forward to it. Yeah, me too. Well, I hope you were encouraged as you listened to Matt and I talk about Partners in Hope Lake Travis, the history of the organization and how they have uh, met needs and ministered and brought together an incredible uh, team of staff and volunteers and churches and businesses in that community to uh, reach the needs of those who need help. And if you do want to get in touch with Matt, as I've mentioned a couple times in the podcast episode, you can either go to their website, which is partnersinhopelaketravis.org, and you can get information there. Or if you're already on my website, I, as you see, I have the information in the show notes. And if you want to go to my website to get that information, go to kennethacamp.com slash episode 11 and I will take you directly to the page that has the show notes and contact information for Matt and Partners in Hope Lake Travis. Bottom line is, is that this is a definitely a way for you to um, live a life on mission, and it's very simple. It's just learning how or being willing to notice the unmet needs that are in the community right where you live. And so I hopefully that uh, this episode and this interview has, has given you some not only encouragement but also some equipping to do that. And I do encourage you, if you're not in the area, which I know many of you are not, and you would like to learn more about how you could be a part of something like this in your community, I do encourage you to reach out to Matt or myself, and uh, we'll be glad and happy to dialogue with you about that. So again, thank you for joining me here at His Hands, His Feet podcast. Until next time.